the Subtle Asian Talks, we're just three Asian American girls ready to talk everything from current events, pop culture, and more. I'm your host, Nisi. Hi, I'm Kilo. And I'm Nell. All right, welcome back. And we're going to dive right into our current events. So one of the big news topics was the whole altercation between Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York and Representative Ted Yoho of Florida that happened this Monday. So basically, um, disclaimer, when we talk about this issue, we're not going to be getting into like the individual politics of either of the representatives, but we're just merely here to kind of discuss the situation that occurred. So just kind of to explain what happened, and I'm sure many of you have heard about it already, is that basically after a brief exchange at the Capitol building, as Representative Yoho was coming down the steps of the Capitol after casting a vote, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was coming up to cast a vote, there was this brief exchange where they were talking about like issues with crime and policing and Yoho basically called AOC disgusting and out of her freaking mind. And as they parted ways, he called her a quote, fucking bitch. And he later apologized a few days later after the incident. And he basically explained that it's not really in his language to use those words because he has a wife and two daughters. So he denies any use of the offensive name calling. So this kind of led to a speech that she had to the GOP. And it was kind of emphasizing how these comments are a result of what um, she said was a culture of lack of impunity of acceptance of violence and violent language against women and a structure of power that supports that. And she really emphasized the point that, like, you know, this is such a pervasive issue, and this is definitely not the first time she's kind of experienced this disrespectful language, whether it was, like, in the House of Representatives or when she was working as a bartender or on the streets of New York City. It's just very normalized. And she was originally going to let the incident go, but felt it was important to really stand up against this behavior and kind of set, like, a precedent for other women to, like, speak out and kind of denounce this as acceptable and normalized and one quote that really like stood out to me from this whole speech which I really recommend that like people listen all the way through um, but one quote that really stood out to me was um, what I believe is that having a daughter does not make a man decent having a wife does not make a decent man treating people with dignity and respect makes a decent man and when a decent man messes up we are as we are all bound to do he tries his best and does apologize not to save face, not to win a vote. He apologizes genuinely to repair and acknowledge the harm done so that we can all move on. So that's basically a summary of the incident. What are y'all's thoughts? Because I'm sure you've also kind of heard a bit of what was going on as well. Um, well, I, I heard a little bit, but yeah, I haven't heard the, the in-depth scoop. Um, the quote that you just said, I've only heard bits of it, but after hearing the whole thing, it sounds really like um, poetic in a sense where it's true that you don't need like um, you don't need to have a daughter or a wife to know what it's like to have different perspectives. I mean, and how to be a, an okay person or just like a respectable person. Um, I think it's, it's reasonable to treat everyone, literally everyone, the same as you would like to be treated and not just because they're, they're a different sex or you're related to a different sex so you know what it's like to go or journey with them or whatever. So I think, I thought that was really interesting um, after reading that whole thing. 
that seems like a very um, great statement to um, put forth out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. And like, she did kind of emphasize this more in other parts of her speech. And it's really like, I find this to be a very common excuse people tend to use when they disrespect women in any way, shape or form, is they emphasize that there's like women that are close to them, you know, they have a mother, a wife, they have daughters, to really like, use them as a defense against their abuse to say like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I'm a decent man because I have women in my life. And what I think is really important for me when people use that excuse is that, you know, you're not a true man that respects women if you only respect women that benefit you in some way or are related to you in some way. You're a true respectable man when you respect women that don't provide any benefit to you, like all women, women that you might not find physically attractive, women that you don't get along with. So for me, it's like how, what shows a decent man to me is how a man treats women that oppose them and that don't always agree with them and that don't provide any benefit towards them. So I really kind of hate this narrative of putting forth like, I have women in my life. So that means I respect women because that's not really a true indicator of that. It's really true. I think it's- Now, what are your thoughts? Oh, I think that I've seen this on like social media and everything. Um, I was, I'm, I was following it, but I was kind of, I just want to applaud like AOC for, I guess, stepping up because, you know, as a woman in politics, um, she deals with a lot of hate um, from whether, you know, the public or her, I guess, peers, as you would call it. Um, And I think, like, it's really common the way that she felt. She usually, you know, you're brought up as a woman. Like, when you're a woman, you're, you're brought up to think, like, oh, I'll just turn the other cheek, you know, when someone offends you because of your gender your your uh, like different types of you know characteristics and you know if someone tries to offend you you just be the bigger person and you know um as cc said uh she was gonna just let this go but like with her i guess status it kind of like shows how important it is to you know be, be an example for other women to not take this type of I guess, behavior from especially, like, these, I don't want to say dumb men, but, like, they are dumb. I mean, you can say it. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like dumb men, basically. Like, he had every intention going into it. He wanted to offend AOC. And he's using the excuse that, like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. I have a daughter, so I'm decent. Or, like, I know how to treat a woman right, as, you know, Kilo said. So I think, like, a lot of these higher up like, I guess, higher up positioned men, aka our politicians and stuff like that, they think that because they're doing the bare minimum of, you know, I have a wife, I don't harm women, I am a, I am a definition of a man, as they say. Um, but yeah, I really think that we need to move on from, I guess, this type of belief. And, you know, that shouldn't be what is the defining factor of what makes a man decent. Yeah, completely agree. And I wanted to add on because like I was kind of like looking at the comments to kind of get a feel for like how everybody feels about the topic. And oh, like, the men let were... me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you what I saw in the comments. <laughs> a lot of it was like, okay, because I feel like regardless of your political beliefs, 
especially like if you are in the House of Representatives, there has to be this like general level of respect. Like you can't just like cuss out your colleague, you know, in just any professional setting. But like there's like people like defending what he was saying. Because some people they're like, oh, if you want to be equal to men, you have to be able to handle how men talk. And I'm like, First of all, I don't think you guys talk to that to your fellow bros. I don't think you're calling your fellow bros fucking bitches, at <laughs> least not in a professional sense. But it's just like, you guys are not talking to to um, your fellow men like that. I, I don't know where or what workplace mm-hmm. that would be normal. But they're like, oh, if you want to be treated equal to men, you better toughen up and not be so sensitive about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's what really pisses me off. Because like like she said, this culture of disrespect is so normalized in our society that, like, other men will, like, back up this blatant mistreatment of a woman and be like, she was being too sensitive. And it's just, like, I feel like they kind of shape this in a way that it's, like, women are weaker and more sensitive than men. But I really do think that there is, like, more strength in standing up against these norms and against these behaviors and standing up for yourself and demanding respect. So I'm just, like, I like how they managed to frame this in a way to make women inferior to men when it's just like in reality, a woman standing up and speaking out against the status quo is more powerful than letting it slide. Mm-hmm. I thought, I agree. I was, I think we're on the same post. I saw a lot of those, you know, men, I guess, saying that, you know, if you want to be treated equal, you should be able to handle this type of criticism or whatever. Um, but also, I know that in the comments or on like social media posts the men that were backing up AOC actually got like I guess these men were attacking the men that were defending AOC and saying how you know devaluing his his masculinity and saying that oh like you're standing up for this like politician and like you know that makes you less of a man and And they're they're probably like oh you're a fucking sin yeah exactly (laughs) So I, I thought that was really interesting as well, because like, you get backlash either way. And it's like, not just like, you know, if a woman stands up, they're gonna be like, oh, you know, you, who are you to say something? If a man stands up, you're a simp. Like, you know what I right? mean? Right? It's just like men showing basic respect towards women. <laughs> oh, you're a simp. Oh, you're so weak. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's just a whole problem. And I think, I guess I want to turn this like to make a point about um I really do like respect AOC not just talk about like her individual politics but like kind of as a woman and a younger woman in this kind of political sphere and I was talking with my mom about this and like I was kind of surprised because I feel like we kind of had a good conversation about it and she was like oh yeah this is like this type of disrespect is especially because one, she's already of the opposing party. Two, she's, um, you know, she's younger. She's, like, in her 30s. And also, she's, like, a woman of color who previously had, like, a working-class job as a bartender. So it's just, like, all these factors considered, multiple men have the validation to demean her in multiple ways, whether it's her colleagues or, like, members of the public. Because I've seen multiple comments that kind of try to knock her down a peg by calling her a bartender and like things like that and I'm just like literally it's kind of such bullshit because it's like these are the this idea of the American dream which I like don't want to get into about the false <laughs> of the American dream but it's just like the point of like what quote American values are is just like seeing people work their way up from the bottom so it's just like how do you not 
people that might have worked working class jobs and that managed to work their way up towards like one of the highest offices in the country. So it's just like, okay, you only want that narrative when it fits people that support your political beliefs or your political agenda. So I found that interesting. Yeah, I agree. That's weird. Like the fact that people aren't supportive of, I want to say it's slightly envious too that like AOC was like able to do all of this and accomplish all of this. And just like, I, w- I just want to take the benefit of the doubt and just be like, I want to say that they're envious that she was able to pull it off. Like she was like essentially an underdog or like a, mm-hmm. um, like she did have a hero's mm-hmm. journey basically. And it's got that mm-hmm. full arc and I think it's beautiful. And I think like um, she, it's well-deserved to be a representative. Um, yeah. I think it's what, the quote also was another um, point that was interesting to me that you guys kind of touched or y'all kind of touched up upon was the the fact that where people are like, um, quote unquote, like, you're not like other girls, that kind of mindset where mm-hmm. you would say like, you know, I wouldn't, um, my wife is different from all y'all or whatever, you know, she's not like other people, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that mindset is also extremely toxic with the whole like, I, I know this type of woman or this type of character and all, every other strange woman I, I could shit on, you know? And I don't think that's appropriate in the, like, greatest manner either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, like, pick and choose which women you want to be respectful to, you're kind of a dirtbag. A big dirtbag, yep. Yep. And, like, I guess I want to turn it towards, like, you know, as we as like young women, how we can kind of translate it to our own behavior, because I feel like um, what's really important from what I see from AOC's behavior is like, I admire like how convicted and like, outspoken she is when it comes to issues, like I might not agree with her on every single issue. But the way that she always is unafraid to speak out. And I think that's something I need to work on in my personal life is like being truthful over being like nice Mm -hmm. so I think that like usually people say if you're a nice person that's like a compliment but I feel like especially for women but being nice I feel like doesn't always make you a good person because I feel like being nice means you're palatable or just like willing like you're easy to please and you don't put up a fight when it comes to certain issues so it's just like somebody who might be described as as nice as somebody that doesn't argue too much that doesn't really like put up that that just kind of lets themselves get stepped on like especially in the case of women so for me I've been trying to work on being less of like somebody who is really worried about being nice and being liked and being more truthful and outspoken because, you know, sometimes being like truly a good person is standing up for when things aren't right and maybe being the unpopular person in the room at the time Mm -hmm. because you want to speak what's on your mind and what you feel. agree with you, Cece. Um, Going back to, you know, how these politicians, I guess, feel threatened by AOC, um, all the, you know, because she, you know, worked her way up. Do you think they, I guess give her I guess or try or they're trying to challenge her just because you know she had an underdog story and people just don't like it when people like you know work their way up whether whether or not like you know let's say in different examples let's say you um I guess what came to like 
started a business and then you became a millionaire people are still gonna hate you because they're like oh like this person probably did bad business or whatever they always have some excuse do you think like they're challenging AOC and saying these things because they feel threatened by her I mean I don't even think it's a thing it's like an I know because (laughs) It's just so often that, like, women get accosted in the workplace, Mm -hmm. especially women of color, I will Mm -hmm. say, because, um, you know, when there's women that get there based on, you know, despite, like, all the disadvantages their Mm -hmm. way, people want to put them down because, you know, there is almost this feeling threatened by them because it's like, you got to my level despite all the barriers that held you back from getting Mm -hmm. here. And it's just like, I feel like I've felt that way at times where it's like, I'm an an experienced person in whatever space I'm in and I might not have had the most connections or the most resources to get into certain spaces but because I'm there I feel like it's just like oh you almost feel like well I was able to get here despite that and you know there might be people that put you down for that because they see that your skills exceeded theirs because you were able to get there despite um, your lack of connections mm-hmm. and all those factors. So I think it's, uh, and I know, not <laughs> my thing. This this type of stuff happens in professional spaces um, when women of color make space for themselves all the time. You know what's also really interesting? Now that I think about it, we know how we were talking about like the underdog mm-hmm. narrative. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like, um, I want to say she also is the pull the up by your bootstraps kind of narrative too it's just that nobody's putting mm-hmm. that on her because the pull the bootstraps kind of narrative is designated for a different set of de- demographics in my opinion like that is like for I want to say typical white kind of dude who like grew up in like I don't know like rural area and then like made it as a like you know middle class or upper class mm-hmm. kind of person but I don't know that thought just occurred to me I don't know if that's what y'all feel the same way or not yeah I see where you're coming from because I feel like yeah I think what I can connect it to is that when we when I went back to the topic of the American dream it's like people that don't fit your image of what the American dream is it invalidates it for them or they don't consider that as part of their narrative because you know they typically associate you know a white rural more like like more likely conservative narrative to that pull yourself up by the bootstraps narrative so when they see somebody that's outside of the lines of what they consider as part of their ideal American image they kind of don't want to apply that positive narrative to those people yeah I definitely applaud like AOC like she's paving I guess the way in a sense and she's making an impact on like you know how Mm -hmm women should be treated in especially like politics and stuff like that because you know she's a woman she had a different upbringing than a lot of politicians um as well as you know she's a person of color so you know AOC great job you know mm-hmm. we're we're here for the ladies I guess <laughs> yes yeah. but I definitely think like I don't know men really just be thinking they do they they're decent when really they're not like the bare minimum and then they're like oh I'm decent I am an advocate you know yeah it's bare minimum out here I like to say the the ground like the the ground level is like in the depths of hell when it comes to to men's standards out here 
But yeah, I do want to say that it's like from her actions and her outspokenness and really her strong conviction to not accept the norms, like the toxic mm-hmm. norms that are in our society. I think it's like something that like a lot of young women like ourselves can really take and integrate into our interpersonal lives. And I know it was something actually it was like one of my like new year's resolutions like I, I unfortunately won't be interacting with a lot of different people probably until like maybe I get employed again but like you know until then but it was something that I really wanted to put forth this year was to be more outspoken and question especially men but like just question the norms that are placed upon society by people and just not accept intolerable like intolerable behavior despite it being the norm because I feel like there's a lot of things that are really disrespectful towards women especially that we just take as the norm because I feel like I don't want to get into it too much (laughs) but like you know topics of like consent where it's just like we praise men for abiding by the basic guidelines of consent and be like oh my god king you dropped your crown but um yeah so it's like when we see these like minor actions that are disrespectful, but that are so normalized that we're encouraged to not question them. Um, I want to be that person to call it out, whether it's like, whether I'm going to be called a bitch or not, quite frankly. So I'd rather be that bitch that's questioning things (laughs) and advocating for myself than to kind of shut up about it. So that's kind of what I've taken from this. And I hope our fellow listeners that are kind of in the same demographic as us kind of embody this concept of really advocating for yourself and standing up for yourself even in situations where it might be unpopular too preach i completely agree um and i think that you know understanding um i guess or challenging these norms is the first step to you know bettering society and stuff like that but we shouldn't feel like it should be our job to better society sadly but we have to because no one else is going to do it. I agree. So speaking along that same vein of what you were talking about, Cece, um, my topic kind of revolves around that for um, the Am I the Asshole uh, thread that I chose. So the title of the Am I the Asshole is Am I the Asshole for Keeping a 300K Prize to Myself When I Originally Planned to Share It with My Boyfriend? Now, the premise of this is that it's from the perspective of their girlfriend um, in a relationship with uh, a dude. So they're 26 uh, female and a 27 male. um, And the the boyfriend is really into cars. Um, He recently discovered where you can basically, um, you know how like they do that thing where it's like a charity where you donate like $50 and then you're entered into a raffle. So that's what they kind of did. And the girlfriend was all like, hey, dude, you want to get on with me on this raffle? And the guy was like, nah, I don't really want to pitch in um, the extra 25 since the ticket as a whole was worth 50. Um, So then she was like, whatever, fine, I'll just go in myself. I thought you might wanted to go in just because he was low key broke. But he was she was like, "Okay, whatever. It's it's a chance, but we'll see what happens. So what happens that on. Uh, she ended up winning the car and that's worth 300k so she was just planning to sell it and then put in you know some in savings some in investment but the guy said that you can't sell our car because I was part of it and you needed to consult with him first since they both are sharing that 
And now he claims that it's a big misunderstanding and they should have gone half on the money, but, um, and couples make decisions together. Now she's wondering if she's the asshole again to go ahead and sell a car and keep the money to herself. What are your thoughts? The entitlement. The audacity. (laughs) Yeah, truly. The entitlement. This is our relationship. We make our decisions. Well, if you're not paying, if you can't pay the price, then no. Okay, why? What makes him think that it's okay, that it's his car? He didn't chip in. Are they married? I think it's just, no, they're just, I don't know how long they're in the relationship for, but I guess if you've been in a relationship long enough, you're idea of finances mix a little okay, i think no. that's if what was happening married, with we just agree. if they're not married he's not <laughs> legally entitled to the car either way you know what i mean like no like if they're not married nor did he chip in he got no say in the car sell the car boo do get that cash I don't think she was worried about the legal aspect. I think she was more worried about the moral aspect. Morally, you are correct to sell the car if you want the money. Like, I don't understand why he thinks that he has a say in what she does with the prize because he didn't pay half of, like, she asked him. She was like, do you want to be part of the raffle? Like, he was like, oh, like, maybe, like, for me, I personally don't believe in the raffles. Like, my luck is probably the worst luck ever. So I'm probably not going to enter the raffle. But, like, if my significant other enters it, you know, maybe he's a hopeful king. And he's like, yo, I'm going to win the raffle. I'm going to be like, you do you. But I ain't putting into this, I guess. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. What do you think, Uh, I really do think there's a lot of entitlement (laughs) in terms of this. Because I'm like, oh, this is kind of reminds me of this joke where I was like, Oh, like, there's, like, two people, like, on a date, and they're eating fries, and then it was just, like, my fries, and then the girlfriend's, like, our fries with, like, the communist flag, <laughs> so it's just, like, it's like, very, like, oh, our raffle fries, and it's just, like, um, no, you didn't chip in the money to get the raffle ticket, so you don't have any entitlement to have any decision in what happens to the prize once you've won it, and it's just, like, I feel like a lot of people, when they're in a relationship, they tend to be like, oh, we make decisions as a couple. But maybe this is just me and from my naive perspective. I just don't think, like, we're two individuals in a partnership. So, like, my decisions are my own. Like, I'll consider your perspective. But in the end, we're two people trying to make things work. It's not really like we are one unit, you know? She said coexist. Yeah, we coexist. We're not we're not one. It's like the whole like cheesy where it's like, oh, I'm not looking for my missing piece. I'm a whole piece. But um yeah, it's just it's like It's true though. I I subscribe to that. Yeah, I agree too. But it's just like especially with like finances, like I would keep my finances like completely separate from my partner, especially if we're not married. Even if we are married, I would like a degree of financial independence actually. I I understand yeah. if, let's say, you know, they've been dating for a while and then they s- decide to, you know, do a joint account or, like, joint finances, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I completely understand that entity. And, like, maybe she used the joint account money, whatever. I don't, I don't know the situation about that. But, like, let's say, for example, she used the joint account money, you know what I mean? 
uh, and he feels entitled that you know because it's from the joint account they're they, they should share the car she can just pay $25 to him and be like yo that's your price like <laughs> like that's that's what you get like it's from the joint account but like you didn't pay for anything like you know what I mean like I borrowed money I owe you like it's like it's like I give you an IOU and that's it that's the end of it wait so what you're saying is if you pull money from the joint account but he was like nah I didn't I don't want to go in the raffle you think she's still in like entitled to that whole yeah like let's herself, say, correct yeah, like, let's say she used the money from the joint account and then that's mm-hmm. why he feels entitled that like he has half of the car like he has the opinions on what she does with the car you know what i mean i'm trying okay. to think of all the scenarios oh. here oh i got you makes sense yeah i mean okay so you're saying what if that yes. occurred would you still give the car no. solely to her you would do both i would I would give the car solely to her. Oh, so yeah, and then like if he demands money because she used a joint account, he's entitled to twenty five dollars. That's all. (laughs) Can you imagine? They don't don't have a joint account. Well, I don't know these people. Like, because I feel like if they had a joint account, she wouldn't offer for him to pitch in. You're right. You're right. That's true. I think okay. Cece brought an interesting point that I want to bring up where. She was talking about fries. Now, at what price point is it not sharing anymore? Because fries is like minuscule, right? You got like two or three dollars and you share. But like at what point you're like, hmm, fifty dollars, we're not sharing that because this is like my steak or I don't know, whatever you buy with fifty dollars. Like what what is that for y'all? Or is there one that should exist or whatever? Like I feel like it depends on the permanency of the item. What Oh, I got you. Can you you elaborate? I'm kind of confused. Oh, okay. Because I feel like I'm the stereotypical girlfriend where I'm out here taking a bite of your food. So maybe that's me covering my ass. But I will (laughs) say, (laughs) I've been offered. It was never like I'm stealing. I'm not not that rude. But um, maybe if I'm in a more settled situation, (laughs) I feel comfortable just snatching somebody's food. But I feel like for, like, food stuff, I don't think it's that serious unless you're, like, out here eating at, like, super expensive places, then maybe, and you're splitting the bill. But, like, like food items, like, chill. But then also you get into the category of, like, you know how, like, girlfriends tend to steal their boyfriend's sweater? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, does that <laughs> draw a line, too? I'm just imagining the <laughs> conversation that I had with Cece where I was like, oh, what if your man steals your crop top or, like, or your booty shorts. Honestly, I'm pro men in crop tops. So, like, if he works it, then what about your what like, about your booty stretching shorts? It out. Like, you know what I mean. He comes over to your place and he steals your hoodie. Like, how do you feel about that? If he looks good in it, I'll be like, oh, he looks nice. <laughs> yeah, fair game. <laughs> oh, checkmate! I got you. Okay. Um, that is a good question about the permanency bit. Um, I think I agree with the food. But, like, let's say it would be, like, I don't know, maybe video games or, like, dog. Taking care of a dog. That's that's a pretty good one, right? Don't they use that no, as, like, joint temporary custody. children? Yeah. Oh, joint custody? Never mind. Because then that's hard. Because that's... sometimes people do take the dog. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember, okay. because I watched that movie Valentine's Day a, a while back, and it was, like, he proposed to her and then she was leaving and she's like, I don't want to get married to you. And then 
she took the dog. Like the dog took her side. So who knows? I don't know about dogs. That's that's a whole different thing. Like animals, living beings. That's a whole other situation. I feel like if you that's true. There, if you adopt a dog together, y'all gotta do a split siege. I don't know. It depends. What I don't you, know how you would like. What if you're far? You know, like like what do yeah. you mean far? Like oh, you broke up and you moved cross country. Oh, are we talking about break? I thought we were talking about during a relationship. I guess. Like, how are you going to split finances during a relationship? I'm saying... I assume if you're getting a pet together, you probably live together. Yeah, so you're going to split the finances. But then there's no joint custody necessarily in that situation. Yeah, but I guess. I don't know. I'm just... That was... I I just... Because then you're a united family. (laughs) 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 The dog is a child, really. People use dogs as I've seen it. Yeah, like... What did they call it? Not temporary children, but like, uh, like trial. That's what they call them. Trial babies. That's what they are. Trial fur babies. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know some of the Asian moms use it as replacements of their children during college. <laughs> Were you replaced? Yeah. Unfortunately, my mom did not. She she just didn't want me. She didn't want nothing. <laughs> she didn't get nothing. Wait, you and have a dog? She never got a dog because she didn't. Oh, so I didn't. I didn't. She didn't have a void when I left. You know, like you know how some moms <laughs> have a void and then they get a dog to fill the void. My mom just so, so she was liberated, yeah, basically. <laughs> like my mom really oh, was just so like fun. good riddance, and then now I'm back. Like, hey, oh, I got you. And she's like, damn, I should have really got that dog to take Mel's no, face. My mom, my mom says she's better off with a chicken. okay okay but anyways continuing on i believe i believe in a joint finance account so like if this is the situation in which they use the funds from the joint finance account to splitsies in the thing i don't know i feel like all indications point to no because why would she ask if you want to put in his half if they if she was pulling from the joint account yes then this man this man is not entitled to nothing Take yes, your audacity think, and leave. And title. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> I, I, I'm not out here for the R. Like, R things. Like, no, if I paid for it, it's mine. You can borrow things if I buy them. Like, you can borrow my crop top, but it's not yours. <laughs> Perfect example, Cece. Thank you. Um, I would like to provide an update where she broke up. Good. That is the, that is the update. Snaps? Yes. Yes. <laughs> liberate yourself damn i'm glad we all thought very similarly on this topic right like he's wrong yes he 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 was the asshole a majority if not everyone everyone was like roasting his ass i i don't feel bad in the slightest to be honest i'm sorry i mean this man had the audacity to be like i am entitled to the finances yeah, that's not that's not how it works. Sorry, bud. Men just be out here expecting things. Really, I truly agree with Cece. I was originally going to say with Cece that the bar is on the floor, but she reached down and threw it to the depths of hell. And you know what? I can I I settle with that. Yeah, the I bar can... is on the depths of hell. We <laughs> go with the depths of hell. It's not even on the floor anymore. 
the bare minimum these men could do and they don't even do it exactly right I don't know I just feel I want to understand where this came from like why what is the reason as Cardi B says what is the reason (laughs) yeah I don't know that song that part oh it's not a song what if we get a it's like a clip oh she screams what was the reason oh you know Cardi B says a lot of noise sorry yeah she has a lot of fun sound bites (laughs) she's an interesting guy but yeah I don't know I feel like you know relationships are a huge thing that you know you have to talk about and speaking of relationships I guess we'll move on to my conversation or my topic sounds good (laughs) any objections no objections um so we're gonna move on um I'm gonna do a new bit because you know pop culture news I am gonna you know I guess challenge myself and I'm known to be a person that likes to think of different scenarios and question and interrogate Cece specifically um about you know what she would do in instances um and I'm gonna try it out for this podcast to know Kilo's perspective and I'm going to start now. So with all the conversations of men, I, I'm curious um, to know what y'all would do to, I guess, if let's say you're interested in a significant other or, you know, or you're interested in a job opportunity, what are, I, I guess, what are things that factor into you making an initiative and shooting your shot whether that be you know a guy that you're interested in um or let's say a job opportunity and you know those two are two different things but you know some people are more likely to take initiative in other aspects outside of dating but intimidated to take initiative in their dating life um so I want to hear both your perspectives on you know what makes you want to take initiative in life, I believe Cece would like to go first. Oh, I, I volunteered like her first. as tribute. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cece, okay. let's do you first. Let's say they. Okay. Let's let's think of a scenario here. I I love interrogating Cece about this because you know she'd be thinking outside the box. I guess I'm in the hot. Yeah, seat. you're in okay, the hot seat on. today. So let's say there's you know this significant other that you're interested in and you've been you know talking to them would you initiate a uh, I guess a, a move as they say would you start and shoot your shot when it comes to dating? like when you say shoot your shot does that mean the initial courtship or it's like you're like talking and you want to initiate it into something further yes basically let's say you've been you've Covered all your bases. They're not a psychopath. They're, you're not going to die, basically, you know. There's some interest with this man. And, you know, you're interested in learning more about this significant other or person. Um, like, would you shoot your shot? Because, you know, dating is a huge thing. And, you know, the common norm nowadays is the guy shoots their shot. But, you know... There has been studies that show that women that shoot their shot are more likely to get into relationships. What is your perspective on that? And would you do it? I mean, yeah. And I guess in terms of, like, when we talk 
heterosexual relationship dynamics, like it is um, common that like there's more success rates when the woman makes the first move. And I've discussed this with y'all like on several occasions. And that's because like, I mean, I guess we're, we're trashing on men this episode, I suppose. But it's just like, I just generally think women are better decision makers and know how to pick a partner better. Because not to generalize, but I guess to generalize, I feel like a lot of men, because of the way the dating dynamics are kind of played out in our society, it's usually men are the pursuers. So I feel like women tend to have more options. And also, I feel like women, because they have more options, they tend to think through more factors of what makes an ideal partner. So if they're the one that picks, they're more likely to pick a compatible match. Whereas I feel like most men, they're like, okay, this is this is the option I have. I'm just going to go for it and see if it lands. So I see that dynamic. But I feel like in my personal life, I'm not really somebody that's very forthcoming when it comes to romantic situations. Because I feel like this is, like, I don't know, because ever since I was, like, young and I had a crush on somebody, I'd be, like, they can't know. Like, they'll never know. Like, I'd rather die than have them know. Honestly, there's sometimes, like, I don't even think some of my friends knew who I had crushes on because I didn't want to tell anybody. Like, that's, like, locked down. Only the FBI knows. So, for me, it's been really a point of, like, hiding vulnerability. Like, I don't like to put myself forward in that way with the potential of getting rejected and also like this is also partly an ego thing I generally want to feel confident that that person likes me before I really give back in the same sense so that's just kind of the dynamics I've experienced so I tend to not be the one that makes the first move and like, I feel like in all other aspects, I'm a person that tends to take initiative, whether it's, like, in school or, like, professionally or just, like, advocating for myself in my personal life. I am I feel like, as you guys know, I'm a pretty outspoken person, and I'll, I'll say my piece. Uh, but when it comes to dating, I feel like there's this emotional vulnerability aspect that gets me. So in that situation I'm like okay I'll like wait and figure out what their deal is what they feel about me before I like take a nibble so that's kind of my my dynamics and approach to romantic situations what about you Kilo um I would like to say something similar but yeah Cece said it way more eloquently than I can I I struggle a little bit in the personal department in terms of uh taking initiative or shooting your shot or you know like making the moves in that department of personal life personal life being just like you know advocating for yourself and stuff like that but in terms of professional I think I take I try to take every opportunity to you know not necessarily climb that corporate ladder but you know make an impact or a difference in that realm or in that space so I actually, I feel like I'm doing something useful. I don't know why, but I have that thing a lot where to me, taking initiative is, is synonymous to, you know, um, making, uh, again, yeah, make an impact. But in terms of dating, I am putting a uh, back burner. I threw that on the back burner. 
because I just also don't know what to do. And you know what? From previous entanglements <laughs> that I've had, <laughs> I am I'm so I'm so chill. Like y'all don't send me any DMs because like I'm I'm done. <laughs> At least for now or a good while. I'm just I don't care right now. And I think that's the majority of it. I I don't really feel particularly inclined. I think it's easier to do it online, definitely, and in person. I like to sense out their vibe. I think that's what I would do. I think I would like to be friends with them in the beginning because I want to see if they're a chill person um, mm. from there first. Interesting. That's, I think that's my two cents. I think part of it for me is, aside from the whole being emotionally vulnerable part, <laughs> Is like the cost benefit of it, you know, cost benefit <laughs> assessment. Because you know, if I advocate for myself personally, you know, there's gonna be a positive benefit, you know, whether it's for other other people or myself, you know, or if it's professionally, you know, there, there tends to be a positive outcome, and I feel more certain in that. <laughs> Whereas like dating's a whole ass mess. Like I could be shooting my shot, and it could amount to nothing. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, what's the point? it's probably like what am I gonna do I'm gonna enter another entanglement where it just doesn't it doesn't amount to anything and my time was wasted and that's what I got for shooting my shot so it's just like okay what's the point I don't have a strong enough interest to enter another situation especially if you're talking about dating men where I'm just exhausted and I have to like I have to really like deal with like whatever bullshit men pull your way when it comes to dating and then like you have to deal with the repercussions of that (laughs) so it's just kind of like okay I don't really see much benefit for it so I don't really see the point in putting that much effort because if you advocate for yourself and you are very forthcoming in other areas of your life there tends to be you tend to see more beneficial results and that's there's more certainty in that than there isn't dating there's just great uncertainty in the world of dating so I don't really feel as obligated to step up in that sense I'm more of a a passive participant in that (laughs) (laughs) it makes sense I agree satisfaction could be brought within other areas of your life and dating does not have to at least for me exist that's anyway what What do you think now? What? Let's throw this question on you. How yeah, about what's, that? What's your perspective? My perspective? I definitely, you know, with COVID currently, um, I find it interesting that, you know, I recently had a friend that got out of, I guess, got a significant other because, you know, she shoot her shot. She made the first move, basically. And, you know, and I, that threw my curiosity in, you know, why or like you know whether or not there's more of a possibility of increasing your chances of getting into a relationship when you shoot your shot and like there's so many different factors like you know there's um communication there's the physical aspect as well as you know the personality and I find it interesting because all three of us you know we're not I guess we're we're not veterans in the dating realm Um, But I've noticed that, you know, in different aspects of our lives, we're more likely to take initiative, as, you know, Cece and Kilo said. But when it comes to dating, you know, we're not very, I guess, interested in making the first move or taking initiative. And I'm curious on, like, you know, why or, like, what would there be factors in which 
would make you initiate making i'm just gonna be honest with y'all none none of the suitors have proven themselves <laughs> worthy for me to to really feel like i need to i need to i need to catch this one i need to catch this fish so that's probably one reason because i feel like I don't even know what the criteria are for me to be like, yes, I need to snatch this one <laughs> right up. Um, because I feel like I've never really come across an individual that made me feel this way. Most of the time, I'm kind of like, I'll take it a little bit. <laughs> so I feel like that's just kind of me. I just haven't felt strongly enough. And I feel like some people, they're like, I don't care. I'll just shoot my shot if I think they're cute. But for me, I feel like there's a whole checklist I know Nell knows my many criteria. Like, even when it comes to just casually dating, I, I have a lot of conversations with my suitors. Like, I'll be on a first date ready to talk politics and kind of dig their brain about um, their personal philosophies. And that's just the first date. So I don't know what measure that person would have to meet for me to really be eager to to claim them or make my move on them is there a possibility of changing that because you know there hasn't been someone that you know stood out and made you want to make the first move but like as you do you think as you progress in your I guess years in life do you think that's going to change um or you know is it going to be in a standstill where it's like you you just you just say men are trash you know I ain't about to make the first move which is true you know like men are trash and most of the time they're not I guess Chris Hemsworth ready like they're not in that criteria but also you know I I don't like Chris Hemsworth I okay, like you like Ryan Potter okay they're not Ryan Potter I like a Ryan Potter or a Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah like like <laughs> let's say if there were these type of men best believe Cece's gonna hop on yeah, but I haven't come across those, and those aren't the type of people in my league. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I'll just be out here waiting. But um, I could see that changing in my future, perhaps, because I feel like for me, it's a lot of like vulnerability hangups because like I don't like the potential of rejection. <laughs> so that's like one thing, and then two. I just feel I'm just kind of like oh gross I don't want you to know that you like me <laughs> like that I that I like you so that's kind of like that's kind of like intimidating to me it's just like oh I'm gonna throw out the fact that I like somebody that's so weird so I feel like if I get over my personal hang-ups about that and maybe I am in a stage in my life where I'm more eager to date somebody because like right now I'm just like I'll take it or leave it like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I feel like my past, I guess, entanglements, as Kilo said, it was more kind of like, okay, you're, you're okay. Um, I'll allow it. Kind of like, you let it slide. Yeah, kind of like, um, yeah, just like you found a dog in your backyard and you're like, okay, they can stay here. (laughs) Cece, that analogy. Oof. My gosh. But, like, I'll let you stay a little bit, but I'm not like, it's not like I chose you. Basically, to summarize what Cece said, she she can't be vulnerable. She yeah. <laughs> she don't like being vulnerable. She got those yeah, walls. Yeah, she got those walls. If anyone's interested in Cece, you got to break down those walls. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, but you have to prove yourself worthy. Yeah, but what about you, Kila? Yeah. Is, do you think like as you progress in life, 
you're gonna be more likely to shoot your shot or do you think you're just gonna I guess hashtag single forever no, not, not single forever. I don't know <laughs> like you know men gotta make the first move for you with you first no I don't think men or We're anybody for that matter has to move yeah they they don't have to make the first move I think for me, it's more about being friends with them first, getting to know them, making sure that their sense of humor is like on the same level. Because I will, I don't know, I will laugh at the weirdest shit, but they just got to be on board with it as well. Or like, I will laugh extremely hard, or just burp or whatever, do whatever, and they just got to be cool with it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think for what, I, I think what Cece kind of said about rejection, being a little in fear of that, I think I have a similar thought but in terms of rejection, I know this sounds really dumb, but rejection in terms of someone accepting me of who I am in total, because, you know, everyone has different facades or like different selves that they place and forward to, you know, school, professional life, personal life, right? So for someone to accept all of those different selves into one, your true self that you could just like, you know, turn into whatever, like, I'm really afraid that nobody's out there to really accept oh that gosh, bitch. And I'm... <laughs> they're you are amazing that and part... you're delightful. Um, <laughs> anybody would be lucky for your presence. For real. But I will say <laughs> I do you. agree with that sentiment because I feel like it is like a complicated thing. You're getting into that. I feel like I wasn't thinking so far like relationship <laughs> and what it means to love somebody. But I guess now that you brought it up, I feel like, yeah, there is this aspect of like, um finding somebody that will love you wholly um despite maybe traits that you might find not as palatable and not like the things that you like about yourself necessarily because you know everybody has flaws and things like that so it's like when you are in a relationship you're letting people know that side of you and that's also a vulnerability and I've already I feel like I've touched with this with Nell before where I'm like even just like in like minor dating situations I'm like oh gross I let somebody get to know me (laughs) and then it's just like oh there's these people out here just existing in the world that have certain information about me that people that people don't normally have and that's just real ugly to me she doesn't like being perceived I don't like being perceived and it's just like yeah, there's just this, these individuals existing out here in the world that just know information about me and we have no no connection anymore, no relationship. They just have this information. And it, it makes me uncomfortable. That's true. That is. So I would you, would okay, going back to Kilo, I'm interested. Would you shoot your shot, well, let's say, with a friend then? Perhaps. I don't know. If they're a good friend, I'm going to like I need to keep that friend I don't know if I would to be honest like most of my guy friends that I have right now are extremely platonic but if it were to ever occur you best believe I'd be updating as of now sure I don't I wouldn't mind yeah if I'm if I'm like super chill like dude I would like some friends will know this, but I will just shoot my shot randomly. Or not really shoot my shot, but more like just throw pickup lines because they're <laughs> it's just funny. It's but yeah, it's it's chill. I feel like Kilo is is the mastermind of pickup lines. <laughs> I try. Unless it's see, this is the problem. When you throw it and like a person, a random person you don't know, 
it just gets a little complicated because you don't know if you have to go a little flirty, a little bit more witty. I don't know. I don't like playing with those boundaries. So, yeah. What about you, Susie? What about me? Oh. What about me? Would you shoot your shot when it comes to a friend? I feel like that's really complicated. I feel like that's even worse than if you, like, kind of started out, like, dating. You know, Uh casually dating and then moving into something official. Because I feel like there's this idea of, like, you don't want to compromise your friendship. And, you know, there's that potential that your relationship dynamic, like, your friendship dynamic can just change completely now that you've put that information forward. So I feel like that's a very scary thing to do. And it's, like, it is a different transition from friendship to a relationship. And I don't know if I would be the person to initiate that because I would be afraid of compromising the existing relationship. Uh, So that's really like a whole other situation for me. I feel like I would make it worse, honestly. So if no one initiates, y'all just, both of y'all gonna just stay single then, huh? I guess so. But, um, yeah. (laughs) I bet Kilo, if she's like, I'm gonna hop on that. I mean, I feel like if I'm, right now, I'm kind of in a stage where I don't really care if I'm in a relationship, like, in a relationship or not. But, I mean, maybe, like, maybe later in life where I feel like, you know, it's time, then I'll I'll be more forthcoming about it. But I feel like, here's the thing, because I feel like if you started off romantically, like, dating, okay, if it doesn't work, if you shoot your shot. You don't have to see them ever again. Um, that's just done. You don't have to think about it. Whereas if you're like friends and you're long-term friends, how do you go forward from there? Because it's like you probably don't want to cease your relationship as a whole. Uh, you still want to maintain that friendship. So that's a whole other layer. And you, I, I would have to deal with the embarrassment of shooting my shot. <laughs> and then they know. And then how do we go on from there? Yeah. You gotta test the water. Yeah, you, okay. Cece just doesn't even taste the water. She's like, test it? Nah. <laughs> she just sees it with binoculars and throws the binoculars away. Yeah, that's, I've seen it now. That's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> okay, now you kind of dodged our initial question when we reversed, when we used that Uno yeah, card you on you. So, Uno plus four on you now. Or, yeah, that plus four card. Now you have to also answer about the, the friendship thing, too. Ooh, I, so what would you do? I would. De- I feel like I would definitely, like, shoot my shot when it comes to a friend. Because, as you know, like, for me, when I... For, for me, like, online dating is a way for me to basically, like, meet friends, as they say. And then if something happens, like, along the way... Um, then you know it happens but I don't really go into like like initial stages of like online dating is like I go in with the intentions that they're gonna be friends initially and then if something progresses from there then yeah cool whatever if it doesn't work out you get a good connection networking whatever like if you don't get a round two date whatever or like you know they're still gonna be on your social media most likely they're gonna be lurking on IG snapchat maybe send you a little oh you look cute today and then it's like bro I didn't hit you up for like three months hello um (laughs) but you know I you know online dating is kind of like a connecting it's like LinkedIn but like you get meals out of it I guess (laughs) um free food um but if it's like a friend I feel like I would definitely like shoot my shot just because you know, if you don't shoot your shot, nothing's going to progress. And um, 
I would take initiative. There's different factors in which I would shoot my shot. Like if I know they don't see me in a particular way, I'm not going to embarrass myself. But like, you know, if there's tension between us and we both be liking each other, I'm going to shoot my shot. I love how you said tension. Yeah. <laughs> like what kind of tension yeah. we're talking about? Tension. But I think it's funny. I feel like um, me and Nell have had a lot of extensive discussions on our approaches to dating. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting because I feel like in this modern day and age, I feel like a lot of people just use the dating apps for like hookups and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Nell is out here ready to make some friendships, maybe get some more followers on the Instagram. Some stock recommendations. (laughs) Yeah, stock recommendations. (laughs) I feel like I'm I'm different because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I don't need any extra friendships um it's like I don't know I just feel like I don't need any extra friendship so if I'm on the dating apps <laughs> you gotta romance me you know <laughs> you gotta dazzle me you gotta razzle dazzle me and if that doesn't work out then I'm, I, I, I have no reason to talk to you yeah so I think it has to do with our different intentions on I guess approaching dating um because you know as I said I go into it thinking it's gonna be LinkedIn 2.0 okay. and then Cece's like CC thing CC is like a different perspective. Yeah, and very your... much like impress me. Yeah, so I think that's interesting that there's yeah. so many different. I'm very things. much like tap dance for me, monkey. Yeah, she really, she really <laughs> saying. <that. laughs> oh my gosh! But not, really, not really, but I do, I do like. She likes a, a man special that wows hate, her. You know. Yeah, you gotta wow yeah. her with like donut earth and yeah, awesome memes. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm interested in, I guess, digging into your brains. I'm going to call this therapy sessions with Nell. <laughs> Alrighty. It just continually expose our, our, our inner thoughts that we wouldn't really bring up. Our different Which perspectives. Yes, that's true. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have really gathered that from the two of you. So it's nice to hear that. No, we have these conversations all the time, Kilo. This is why yeah. I kind of wanted it to initiate it with you, since I don't... I live- feel like school Yeah, it's frequently 2 a.m. We're just talking about whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, in conclusion, I feel like, if I may now, your statement is trying to find your own lobster, as per Friends. Have you not seen Friends? No. Oh, I'm gonna expose myself. I've never. Nell is really uncultured. I have to say. Yeah, I I feel like okay. I'm gonna expose myself real quick, but like I'm like a grandma when it comes to like pop culture. Not really, but like kind of because dating apps are used. You know, people casually hook up and you know don't treat uh, dating apps as LinkedIn 2.0. But like I do it, and then also I haven't watched Friends or Parks and Rec, The Office. She out here recommending me FMA. That's how uncultured this person is. I don't. Yeah, I'm a late. (laughs) I'm a late. uh, I guess bloomer, as they say, in life, in media, in anything. Yeah, talking about music with Nell is like a whole other interesting ballpark that I I don't feel like getting into right now. (laughs) I have to explain a lot of different musical references because I feel like I frequently make references to Nell and she just has no idea what I'm talking about so the joke just doesn't land and I feel like I'm crazy (laughs) that's pretty funny 
yeah i sometimes sing to cc i'm like do you know the song that goes like this and then cc just does not because you don't know the words you'll just be like oh it's, it goes like do 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 and i'm just kind of like i don't even know like, what that means i don't know what to work off with this information oh god so it's like a basically a constant charade but i usually get to the answer eventually. you do yeah it's really interesting that how you do um <laughs> It's a I try to choose it. it keeps me sharp. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> but oh yeah, my gosh. I want to impl- I wanted to implement this new segment, but yeah, that's kind of where I was interested in understanding y'all. And I, I liked it. Yeah, but do we want to move on to the hot picks now? Let's go. Are you all ready? Are Are you cool with my hot take first? I'm gonna jump right into it go off continue this train so i have a hot take about women being in a workplace environment not necessarily that let me explain further about the whole dynamic that women have to play around the whole thing with um for example apologizing in a workplace environment um there is a study in 2010 that has shown that women do apologize more where the basis of it was that men have a essentially higher tolerance and women have a lower tolerance or a uh, or a lower threshold, if you will, of um, sensing if something was said incorrectly or they did something wrong with their actions, they will apologize more frequently as opposed to men where men would be like, nah, bro, that's chill. Nothing occurred. But women would be like, eh, I don't know what that happened, but I, I think I got to apologize for it. And I think okay this to me is a it's a great like hot take because I think we have to be we being I don't know if you all agree with this but I am trying to conscience consciously trying to take out my sorries or I apologize for just trying to do my best and I think I when I was looking this up there are different words to like you know say sorry like instead of saying oh sorry for this or like thanks for waiting for an example you know and I think that's really important in trying to change that, um, that dynamic, as well as not only just saying apologies in the workplace, but also like negotiating pay. Y'all got to, woman, you all got to know your worth, okay? Um, you just got to like pursue, be like, I am worth this much. And if they say uh, no, that's cool. It's fine. You highball your worth. And then you all meet in the middle some way, somehow. And then you can always go up from there all the way up. That's that's my two cents. And that's my hot take all in one. Wow, empowering. Very. <laughs> I mean, you. I definitely appreciate that hot take as I am job searching currently. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for the hot take, Cece. Oh, Kilo. Sorry. <laughs> now you're good. All right. Um, we jump into. I can do my hot take. Um, I th- this might be a controversial thing. I don't know if everyone does this, but I'm just gonna say it. Uh, you can take my advice if you will. But my hot take is, please wash your rice. I've been seeing videos circulating like people not washing their rice before they cook it. Like that's kind of nasty. Like. Y'all, I'm not trying to tell y'all how to live, but please wash your rice. Like, there's a lot of 
I guess, processing and bacteria um, in the rice when it's getting processed and shipped out and stuff like that. Um, So you're just harming yourself if you don't wash your rice. I don't know. I think it's my Asian side coming out of me. Um, But yeah, please wash your rice. um, And I'm not trying like, you know, that's it, I guess. That's your PSA? PSA, wash your rice, because y'all nasty if you don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Promoting food safety. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. I'll get into my hot take, which we've been kind of talking about relationship dynamics. So this is kind of in the same vein. So I feel like I'm frequently on Twitter, and like I'm kind of on the sidelines of Asian Twitter, just kind of watching the drama. Nobody knows who I am. I'm just... I'm just there lurking. (laughs) So it it seems like, you know, every couple months, there's this, like, probably well-known, you know, ABG or just, like, very internet well-known, beautiful Asian lady that's an influencer that tends to get cheated on by her mediocre-looking photographer (laughs) boyfriend. I feel like that's a common narrative. Um, So we always see this narrative, and I want to preface this, like, I guess I'm going to be talking in strictly heteronormative relationships because honestly like from my perspective I feel like same-sex relationships y'all are like attractive y'all are just on the same level it's like you guys don't have the same mess that the straights do um so what I've seen is that you know when there is this kind of difference in where the women is like a lot more attractive than the man by society standards when the man in turn cheats on her there's this kind of overblown social media response where people in the comments like oh how could you be this ugly and like you cheat on a woman that's beautiful like that when you have her or it's like oh ladies like the rest of us have like no help like it's 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 a lost cause for us if like a woman that looks like her can get cheated on you know you see a lot of these comments and it's like it really peeves me when I see these comments because I feel like it indirectly, whether consciously or subconsciously, it kind of puts the blame on the woman in a way where it's like, oh, how attractive you are is a determinant in whether you can, quote, keep a man, which is like complete bullshit because it's just like relationships are just built on mutual respect and understanding. So it doesn't matter how like conventionally attractive you are to society standards. Um, If a man is going to cheat on you, he's going to cheat on you. It doesn't matter how attractive you are in the eyes of society or whatever, or whatever factors you got going on. If he cheats on you, that's on him. That's only strictly um, denoting his character. It's not really any type of um, conviction or like point towards your self-worth or your attractiveness. So it's just like, I really hate seeing this narrative being pushed forth that's like oh the more attractive you are that's like your capability to keep a partner because there's so many factors that go into building a healthy relationship that I feel like people only look at it from the surface level when it's like really we should emphasize like hey this guy is trash he doesn't respect women and he doesn't even respect the woman he was in a relationship with and, and we should talk more about that rather than it's like, oh, like this beautiful woman got cheated on. Where, where, like, what does that mean for the rest of us? And all of this. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's very toxic and it really puts attractiveness as women as like the forefront of their value. And I really want to 
dismantle that and kind of get rid of these kind of casual language that we might think is harmless. And it really does like kind of show what our values are and normalize these things in our society. So that was just what I wanted to say in regards to that. So it's just like, ladies, my straight ladies, it's a struggle <laughs> out here, I guess. Know your worth, you know, if a man cheats on you, and it's just like in general, I guess, regardless of how a man cheats treats you in a like a romantic situation that doesn't determine your self-worth like never determine somebody's ability to love or value you as an indicator of your own self-worth so that's like my little empowerment message you know and it's just like honestly these men are out here being crusty so really what does their opinion (laughs) matter you know crusty is such a interesting word choice but I agree with it but yeah, that's my hot take. So it's just like, I feel like the overarching theme of this episode was like mostly targeted towards women. I'm sorry for you 19% of male audience, but actually <laughs> take notes, take notes. Um, but I really want, you know, young women such as ourselves to be able to advocate for ourselves in the multiple facets of our lives. You know, I might be working on it in some areas of my life and I'm sure uh, many of us have different areas in our lives where we need to stand up for ourselves and be more assertive. So yeah, it's really about knowing your self-value and integrating that mentality in the multiple areas of your life. And that's really what I have to say in terms of that. Inspiring. As Cece always says, men do better. Really, do better. <laughs> Cece out here with the big brain thoughts. Thank you. Small head, big thoughts. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Exposing, I have a tiny head. <laughs> it's oh cute. Don't worry. <laughs> she got a cute head. But yeah, um, to close this out, I guess we didn't talk about COVID because I mean, I feel like a lot of us are just like this is our normal. It's kind of like tiresome to constantly talk about it. But I hope people are continuing to stay safe and follow the guidelines of social distancing and wearing our masks because, you know, I do see a lot of people going out, like the COVID parties that Hilo mentioned. Like, you know, there's a bunch of influencers posting themselves at these, like, huge parties with not a single mask, no social distancing in place, and it's been pretty wild. So please continue to keep up the social distancing and following the guidelines, doing your part to really decrease the spread of this virus, and I hope everybody stays safe out here and i hope you guys enjoyed our episode we're going to be continuing to post like some information and stuff on our instagram account so follow us at subtle asian talks on instagram if you want to see updates for when we post our episodes and any additional information and resources in regards to some of the topics we talked about in this episode all right signing out y'all thanks for listening bye